0: I tune into the HCU sports lab to see if my team wanna load. If they loud, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they want you tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, we know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about, They can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know him like I know him, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna log, yeah. and who the laugh. So listen to yes,
1: Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is on assignment literally in Europe. He, he's taking care of business, traveling the world while we over here putting in some work. We got special guests coming in here, Mark, Mo Carter. WZDX Sports, so he's going to give you a little insight on what they refer in that part of Alabama as the heel. We got Charles Bishop, the regular team member, and you know he's plugged in at Jackson State. So yeah, we got a top five matchup this week that we're going to get into a little bit, but more importantly for many people, you know, this is the lab with the deans, the professor. We got the adjunct in Today and so y'all may not realize, it, but this is midterm examination week. Mm. <laughs> I hope y'all studied.
2: Mm. <laughs> mm. Midterm, oh,
1: yeah, I told y'all A favorite midterm.
2: <laughs> I'm just gonna show you that I paid attention in class through these first couple of weeks. <laughs>
1: thank you, thank you. I told you to read your syllabus, Charles. What did we not? Yeah, that's right.
3: We read syllabus and, and go from there. But you know how midterms, <laughs> midterm they sneak up on you. You look at the syllables, you know that first week, and then all of a sudden,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah you like what happened? Yeah, what 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 happened?
3: What? Yeah, exactly. just after
1: homecoming too. That's tough. That's tough. Welcome uh, to episode 189 of Inside HBC Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports from institutions large and small, from NAIA to the NCA. We share insights and information on the HBC sports culture. HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Khalil, along with my co-host Mike Washington, and today uh, we have Mo Carter sitting in for Mike, and we have as usual Charles Bishop bringing it hard and heavy. We are filming from our uh, home studios for these gentlemen. I'm right here on campus, T- Texas Southern University, as we said after Homecoming week, big win for the Texas Southern Tigers, but they got a big matchup coming up this week. We'll get into that a little more of that on Thursday. We might allow Mo to sneak in that little bit of that, you know, you know how he can be multi-talented. But with that saying, we are sending a signal live to KCW's 1230 AM studios from Texas Radio Hall of Fame Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Sorry that we had a little bit of delay there, but, you know, uh, my copier went down. And so, you know, as I photocopying the examinations, you know, I know y'all were panicking in there and I'm glad that we have such loyal lab listeners and students that they didn't leave after the <laughs> 15 minute rule. You know, for a professor, certainly for the dean, you got to stick around. That's dangerous. <laughs> 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 yes, oh, yes, man, that 15 yes. minute rule
2: was one of the best things in college that I experienced. Best thing times.
1: ever. <laughs> Everybody looking up at the clock like, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs>
2: And then the magic word, somebody sign the start a road. In two
1: minutes till people are talking about sign the road, sign the road. No, that don't worry, man. I'm here. Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Live is sponsored by THG Agency LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Thanks to Roy in the background. He makes sure that we're taking care of business, getting it done in so many different ways. I'm going to stick with you first uh, as the guest, Mo. Any hot news out there? just in general, HBCU Sportsland, that you wanted to give to the lab listeners?
2: Absolutely. Let me go ahead and pull up my um, pull up my thing on my computer right now. All right. We want to say congratulations to Dr. Paula Jackson. She is on the athletic committee over at Hampton, and she's a Southern University alumnae. Today, she was appointed to the NCAA Division I Council which is always something huge when we can go ahead and get more of the HBCU faces on the NCAA's um, national level of council of anything. Basically, in a nutshell, they're going to be asking for her analytics and also for her great knowledge of not only athletic sports, but also things that will help out the HBCU brands as well. So big shout out to Dr. Paula Jackson on being selected to this NCAA Division One Council. Yes, congratulations.
1: Dr. Jackson. Well done. And I like the way you put it. The more representation, the better, especially from an HBCU perspective and gender equity. We're talking about it. We need more of that as it goes. Let me jump to you, Charles. What you have on your plate during this midterm examination week?
3: Yeah, well, as always, let's look at our players of the week from this past week. And for Gramlin, it was a clean sweep for the swat. Uh, Honors as Grambling State's Noah Bowden, Cameron Richardson, and Garrett Urban were all named Swag Football Players of the Week for their outstanding performance. We take a look at Noah Bowden. He was uh, 16 of 34 uh, for 191 yards, three touchdowns, and a huge win over Alabama A&M. Grambling, of course, winning 37-28. Cameron Richardson, defensive player of the week, significant part in that game uh, as he had a fumble recovery for a scoop and score for the G-Men in that uh, huge 24-point second quarter there for Grambling. And then Garrett Irvin, he connected on three field goals, 27-27 and 39, in helping Grambling to this 37-28 win over AM this past week. So kudos to the Grambling State Tigers as they
1: swept the SWAT, uh weekly honors. Thank you for that. Dr. Roderick Holmes wanted you all to know that midterm examinations should never be scheduled week before or the week after homecoming. Hey, I didn't make the schedule. I'm not the provost. I'm the dean. We just follow what the provost said. Provost said midterm week, week five, six, because we going to it halfway through the season. It's amazing that it's already here. And we're getting into conference play in so many different ways between the CIAA, the SIEC, the SWAC, and even the MIAC starts off with a conference slate this Friday. Yeah, the action has really starting to get good, and it's going to be really important. So we're going to see how many of you studied this semester thus far. You have an opportunity to show up and show out, or we're not even going to talk about the other one, because you know, Professor Cavill, the dean, will put that F squared in your life. So I hope <laughs> you all are up on your stuff. For example, how many of y'all realize that basketball is essentially here? Yeah. In fact, the granddaddy of them all, the CIAA prepares for its tip off 2021 22 basketball season with a virtual media day tomorrow, tomorrow morning. In its third year in the current format, the virtual media day tips off 21 22 basketball season and starts the journey to the 2022 CIAA basketball that took a year hiatus because of COVID 19. So you imagine a lot of people excited about this February 22 26. And remember that it is now in Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland, at the Royal Farms Arena. Stan Luter, TV analyst for the CIAA and ESPN, will serve as a host for the event that will feature head coaches, student-athletes from men's and women's basketball across the CIAA, providing an outlook on the upcoming season. Big time. It'll kick off 9 a.m. That is Eastern Standard Time. There'll be a following 15-minute focus for each school and media availability from 9.30 on. Uh, you have an opening statement by CIAA Commissioner McWilliams uh, as we have the visitor Baltimore CEO Al Hutchinson talking about the CIAA basketball tournament moving to Baltimore and officially kicking off this year. That should be big. That should be big. So I just want to put a little bit and ask you, Mof, what are your thoughts on CIAA basketball? Are you excited for some basketball or are you still in your football mode?
2: Well, uh, Dr. Cavill, I'll say this. When I see the fact that basketball is literally on the horizon, it just kind of lets me know that my job as a sports anchor is about to get extremely busy. Because not only <laughs> am I seeing that on the college level, I'm going to see it on the high school level as well. And yeah, you know, I you know, I started getting a few emails and noticing and like, oh, my goodness, you know, basketball schedules complete. First games. First, second week of November, like, it just lets you know it literally is right around the corner. It also goes to show you, like, how quickly the year of 2021 has just flew by. I mean, yeah. we are literally in fall. Next thing you know, it's going to be daylight savings time. And then all of a sudden, we're going to be getting ready for the Swag Championship Celebration Bowl. And then we'll be in No, a-
1: don't say it. Don't say it. It's too
2: fast. Too fast. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what we're talking about. That's That's how fast it's really going, (laughs) you know. With that, but no, I'll be I'll be uh, happy to cover some basketball um, this upcoming year. And of course, we know the CIAA has been doing a great job with their seasons and also the tournament. Um, I've never got a chance, you know, to go to any one of the tournaments, but I've been able to watch it on TV through the years and also online. So we know how big that tournament is. Just going to be interesting to see how the shift over to Baltimore is now going to be. I know many of us have talked about like that tournament making the change so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays itself out now
1: yeah the challenge with this when you talk about as mike will say data points shout out to mike Uh, i know he's enjoying his trip across the world you know everybody can't just get the job to say hey we need you to go here into Italy, france and uh germany (laughs) whatever you might want to do you know you anywhere else uh with that being said, Charles, uh, kidding aside, what are your thoughts on the CIAA? You ready for some basketball? Or you still in football?
3: I'm actually I, still in football mode, but you know, this is around the time of the year that uh, you, you start seeing basketball practice uh, starting to uh, take shape and 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 you start to hear that little bit of buzz with regards to certain players, knocking down jumpers, driving to the hole, things of that nature. But uh, you mentioned it, the grand day of them all, the CIAA conference, uh, the CIA, uh, after having a year hiatus, it'll be exciting to see them come back and come back uh, in full force and get some good CIAA basketball.
1: Man, you know you you know you got a good mode when, when you focus on football and your women's basketball team won regular season conference championship, your basketball men's team was in the hunt, one won the regular season coach championship, the prayer review one game short championship run in the tournament. And you like, oh yeah, I'll let that come. I'm not ready for that. Let's let's do some <laughs> football. Here.
2: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> hey, it must be nice. Now, Dr. look, Mister Dr. Yes. I will say this: um, you know, we know how crazy things were in the spring, with us having the spring football season for the Swag, and the fact that, yeah, you know, I remember they tried to get it to a point where, okay, Swag basketball tournament. No football that week. Well, yeah, we had some rescheduled games, and all of a sudden it just got completely crazy. And all of a sudden, you're trying to figure out, like, okay, how do you handle this? How do you handle that? How do you handle it? I'm so glad I don't have to go in through a situation (laughs) like that ever again. Fingers crossed, (laughs) you know, for that. Because we already know how much it, it, it takes to cover football when you, but when you throw the other money making sports in at the same time. Oh, yeah, I just don't know how no. in the world we got through the spring, but somehow we're here in the fall and back to normalcy, or a little bit of normalcy. I'm not gonna say full normalcy, and we yeah. know why. <laughs> I like the way you put that—a little bit of normalcy.
1: Mo, I see what you did there, though, so, Charles. You see how you tried to spin at the backside? Yeah, he I saw it. I saw it. Something. <laughs> he he was—he was this close to saying something about baseball championship game. You see Yeah, yeah. It was just this close. Yeah, we're gonna get into a little bit of the fireworks. We're gonna get into some of this Alabama and Jackson State. Just slow down. Let's let's, kind of ruffle some feathers a little later. Let's do a little more. Charles, you got the Miag Football Weekly Honors? Yeah, I sure do. Let's take a look at uh, Miag
3: Football Weekly Honors. And a huge week. Uh, we take a look at Norfolk State quarterback, Juwan Carter. He was named the MEAC football offensive player of the week. Norfolk State defensive back, Justin Toler. And Howard defensive lineman, Darren Brokenberg. They were named the co-defensive players of the week. And then we have Norfolk State's Justin Reed. He was named the offensive lineman of the week. And uh, Delaware State running back, St. John Wilkinson. He was named the rookie of the week. Let's take a look at the offense and defensive players we start with. Rudy Carter, he accounted for five touchdowns for Norfolk State uh, in an overtime win. Uh, Ed Hampton this past Saturday, rushing for three and throwing for two more, threw for 294 yards, Dr. Cabillo. One of his touchdown passes went 70 yards to Justin Smith. We take a look at the co-defensive players of the week. Toler, 5'10", defensive back from Falwell, Virginia. He recorded two interceptions uh, on his career uh, against Hampton, leading to 10 points for the Spartans. Uh, He totaled 68 return yards, including a 47-yarder in the second quarter that set up a Norfolk State touchdown And Brokenboro. The 6'3", 260-pound junior defensive lineman, he racked up seven tackles, six solo against Sacred Heart, including two-and-a-half of the Bisons, three sacks as they picked up their first win of the year. So those
1: were the offensive and co-defensive players of the week in the Mix. Big time, big time. Looking good, looking good. I will say, this as we get into it a little more, we're going to get into the poll release uh, and get a little bit of that business. But let me get a shout out to Lonnie Shaw, Ricky Burton, Ben Coleman, Dr. Roderick Holmes is in the building, T. Foster. Sherman Miller, Kate Johnson, Ralph Cooper is on here on his thing. Appreciate you, Hall of Famer, Cooper. G-Boom Holly is in the house always making sure that we have the best pitches and helping us on the other side as well. Reginald Johnson, love the memory. Start the rolling. I'm out. Amos Fossett is getting it done. Chuck Hunt checking on us. Appreciate you, Chuck. Sir Beverly. Jerome Jeep Sutton, Pamela Richard Henderson, Kevin Harris. Stand hearted with the big smile and the glasses on. Yeah, y'all did that, g Y'all did that. Yes, yes, indeed. We'll see how that affected the polls shortly. L- Lennon Blow is in the house. Who else we got in here? Uh, Kevin Harris. And we'll give a couple more shout-outs as we get going. Just wanted to shout-out for those lab lectures. It is midterm week, and we'll be right back after this break. Get you into the poll rankings and see what my co host both think about my poll rankings and see how things start. You know, we'll start with the mid-major. Not a lot of changes there, but we'll go through it as we do as we get into week five and just give you some hot takes on what's going on there. Stick with us right after this quick break. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab.
4: This is Ryan Fulford. AD, Drew, and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSM Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slow Burn. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury and personality An elegant extension of any celebration occasion It's the perfect escape and meeting place a space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn planned your next big event, or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com.
0: But if they want to tap, I'm going to do the dab, yeah.
4: and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media Facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and Instagram.com forward slash empowerment JAX.
0: Press the analytic data with your hip hop if you know them like I know them. They're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love, love and who to fall.
1: So listen to so professor, professor, yes sir, yes And sir. pay attention, because so he going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mo Carter sitting in for Mike Washington. Charles Bishop doing his thing. Let me give a shout out to Chad Cooper. I know you feel special in terms of what's going on. Everything. You trying to slide in the class in the back. You still going to get this midterm examination? in your life i'm gonna put it right on the front of your table you can go ahead and start sir with your midterm exam because we're about to get into it stand hard to say gs is ready for basketball season all right that's big talk big talk for the g men. they usually stick to football but they say they got some basketball for you for you too all right we'll see what's up let's go to our mid-major poll rankings we had several teams dropping out so i will give you those updates although we focus on the top five, not a lot of changes there. So we'll go ahead and look at some of these mid-majors for a minute here. Dropping out this week was Miles Golden Bears, Kentucky State Thoroughbreds, Benedict Tigers. Miles Golden Bears really got chopped up. We talked about that a little bit on Sunday. Go check out that. We also had an interview with Langston, head football coach. So go check out our Sunday if you hadn't had a chance to watch it as we do our review with B.J. Jones. He broke it down uh, in terms of Charles Mike before he got out of here. Uh, as he was doing his thing, but we got in there and got things shaking up. Benedict Tigers also dropped out. So who jumped in? Bluefield State, big blue in at number 10. At number nine, you have Allen, Yellow Jackets. At number eight, you have Shaw Bears coming in at 3-2 and two overall, 2-0 two oh in the conference race. Uh, they have a big one this week. We'll talk a little more about that in the second half of the show. At number seven, you have Fort Valley State Wildcats out of the SIAC. Three and two, one and oh. Boy, that west side of the SIEC is something else. 40 points. They jump up two spots in the poll after not uh after winning big wins this past weekend at number six to finish off the bottom six teams in the top 10. You have Fayetteville State Broncos 3-1, and 3-0, 51 points remaining at number six. Let's get into the top five and shake it out here. I can be straightforward with you, not a lot of changing here let's go through it. Lane Dragons, 4-1 on the season. They continue to surprise everybody, 62 points. They continue to do their thing. And number four, Albany State Golden Rounds, 4-1, 2-1, 0, 75 points. Had a big win, but everybody ahead of them kept winning. But it's interesting to see if everybody thinks they should be up a little higher. We'll check what I guess there. And number three, Savannah State Tigers, 3-1, 2-0. They keep moving. And number two, Bowie State Bulldogs, 4-1, 4-1, 2-0. Four first-place folks, 80 points. And number one is Langston Lions, 5-0, 4-0. They continue to get on. I know the HBCU Pro Sports Media jumped, uh, moved Langston down, and who jumped up? None other than Bowie State Bulldogs. Mm. State. They actually jumped, no. They jumped Albany State all the way to number one, just crushing everybody. So surprising a little bit there. But this is the poll rankings, so this is the one I want you to keep your eyes on. With that being said, let me go to Mo first. Any thoughts
2: on the mid-major top 10 rankings? Any concerns, questions you have about the rankings? Um, I don't really have too many concerns. Um, i be honest with you, I thought Albany State. That's
1: good to hear, Moe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, man, I thought Albany State probably could have went up even higher because, I mean, they went to Miles and beat the brakes off of Coach Reginald Ruffin and his team. And, I mean, considering the fact that we almost thought that Miles Albany State would might have been like uh, the SIAC game of the year, yeah, that definitely did not turn out in the favor <laughs> of the Tigers who reside over there in Fairfield. So I'm actually surprised Albany may have not, you know, could have been jumped a little bit higher, honestly, when you kind of take a look at it. Um, Um, Of course, we know um, with Langston, I saw your interview with uh, Coach Quentin Morgan, which is actually interesting. I remember when that guy actually was playing high school ball in the city of New Orleans. I remember watching him on some of the highlight reels a few years older than me. But, you know, I do remember, I mean, what he's doing over there is, you know, quite amazing. So, I mean, you know, Langston on the NAIA level. Yeah, you know, they're like one of the few HBCUs on that. But they continue to roll and do some great things overall. But um, as you talked about, like the rest of this thing, the SIAC or whatever is looking pretty good with Savannah state and then lane as well. I mean, lane is coming on very, very strong. And I mean, granted, yeah, lane has not been doing well over the last couple of years. So to see them off to a solid start of four and one on the year is definitely a surprise to many, but probably wasn't a surprise to the actual lane coaching staff and their players as well. So that's why they kind of sit there. Of course, we know Bowie state's going to continue to handle their business over there in the uh, CI. Uh, double A. But no, it's a, it's a good group of it. What's interesting though too with your poll as well on Dr. Caville is that the amount of mix-ups you had or whatever with teams jumping up and jumping down as well. But I guess that's what happens when you have, you know, these head-to-head matchups and um, I guess you could add the data points to it and then you get the head-to-head things and all those things go into what makes the final product.
3: Volatility like the stock market. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bears
1: up, bulls down. Day- Oh That's man, it
3: was, it go was you, Charles.
1: good points, Mo. I love what you're talking about there, and like I said, you like the poll at the end of the day, so you're welcome back, Charles. I can't do that to you, so you could be free spirited. What do you think of my pole? But be careful, I do have a control of the mics.
0: Well, you know, I, I, I that, that
3: beat down at Albany State put on miles. I, I was looking for them to be up a little higher, but uh, the, the surprise for me, and it shouldn't be a surprise, but Lane College. Uh, The way they are putting points up on the board, and they're doing it with two quarterbacks. Uh, Michael Huntley, he's a freshman. Uh, He's completed 69% of his passes. He's averaging almost 200 yards a game. And right behind him is Tariq McKenzie. Uh, they're four and five in the conference. Uh, both both have played in every game uh, thus far the season. But uh, tremendously, they're getting it done with two, two quarterbacks. Anthony Evelyn, he is the receiver on the end of both of those quarterbacks. But Lane College, they're averaging 38 points a game thus far. Uh, just keep an eye on Lane, on the Dragons, in terms of what they're able to do offensively. But, uh, you know, a big one coming up. Uh, with regards to uh, Bowie State and Showon. looking forward to uh, that huge matchup. That's going to be a really, really good one. Both of those uh, the show on offense. Oh my gosh. 70 points against uh, Winston-Salem State. Uh, yeah. they, they can really put up some points. So that's going to be a huge one to see if they can uh, stop uh, uh, Bowie's uh, uh, defensive lineman, Big Pryor, right in the middle. Uh, he's one of the top uh, sack artists in, in the uh, CIAA. So uh, that's going to be a fun one to watch.
1: Yeah, I like both what you picked up on the lane. I think Lane is going to make that Miles College matchup very interesting way. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh make be a shocker there, but I think you all are talking about Lane is slowly showing that uh they in this for real, but we'll see. We shall see. That Shaw mix up, they might have a big one this weekend. We'll get into some matchups shortly. But at this point, let's go to the major division. A lot of people have some interest in the major division. Might just have been a little bit of shake up. We'll see what the data ranking, poll rankings say. I can't tell you that two teams dropped out when we look at the major division. Uh, let's bring the poll rankings up with the top 10. Two teams that dropped out of the poll rankings are none other than Alabama State, the Hornets 2 and 2. Shut out. Family, as you know now, they dropped outside of the poll. You have Arkansas at Pine Bluff also dropping out this week as they got taken to the wheel by Prairie AM a and Shocking a lot of people, not necessarily that Prairie you won, but by the way they won. We'll see what that means in terms of the poll. So let's get into it. And number 10, Tennessee State Tigers jump into the poll at 2-3. and three. Big win over Austin Peay. The intriguing thing about that win is they play them again this year, and the first one does not count in the conference standing. So you see, they do not have the one in the conference race. The next one counts. It is in Nashville. We'll see what that means. The number nine, Grambling State Tigers, with their big upset win of what was the number one team. We'll see if they stay number one this week. You have Grambling State at two and three, one and one in the race. So they're right back in the race in a lot of ways in terms of the conference standing, Western Division. They were not ranked. They jump in at number nine. Bring us to number eight, Southern Jaguars, 2-2, and 1-0 and on the season. Because of all the volatility, and the fact they didn't play last week, they did not lose, but they did not win, so they dropped down in the polls. They have a big game this week, in Dallas we will get a chance, Arlington to be exact. We'll see if that means anything about where they end up next week. And number seven, all four state Braves also did not play, so they dropped two spots in terms of they were off. Not playing does not help you in this poll ranking. At number six, North Carolina a and State Aggies move up three spots with their dominating win in conference play. Two and two overall, one and zero. Oh. So let's get into the top five where everybody really wants to see what's going on. We have at number five, Florida A&M Radlers at two and two, one and one, even up their conference ranking. They move up three spots after a shutout at home of Alabama State. Causing the Alabama State to uh relieve the offensive coordinator of their duties. Man, things are changing fast around here. Midterm exams. I guess he didn't do too well on his midterm. Mm-hmm. At number four, mm-hmm. you have Norfolk State Spartans at three and two, zero, zero, and has not played a conference game. 79 points. They stay at number four, but this is a team that got a big win against Hampton University Rival and doing it in great fashion over time. Boy, that was a Fun game to watch. At number three, Alabama AM, and the Bulldogs do fall for number one. They're three and one, one and one on the season. They still get two first place votes, ninety nine points. They drop two spots from number one. At number two, drum roll, Prairie View A and M University the Panthers are four and one, three and zero. Oh. They collect a couple of first place votes and have five of them, hundred nine points. They move up one spot from number three from last week which means that number one, probably not surprising anybody now as they see those teams, is Jackson State, the Tigers. 3-1, one and oh six first place votes, 112 points. They move up number one spot, which means this weekend features the number one team on the road to face the number three team at home for homecoming. It should be fascinating and a lot going on here. I want to know what you think. I'm going to start with you this time, Charles. What do you think about the top 10 rankings by Dr. Cavill? Well, first and foremost, let me give a shout-out to Tennessee State. Big
3: win, and also P. Jeremy Hickbottom, named OBC Player of the Week. Uh, shout-out to them because I, I did not see that uh, on the horizon. Dominant performances by Prairie View over Arkansas Pine Bluff and Florida AM. and uh, you, You're talking about a uh, defense that pitched a shutout, and uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, Alabama State had released their offense coordinator because of that game. Uh, and then you take a look at uh, Prairie View's defense quietly is kept. They are fast, they are physical, and I did not see that coming against UAPB. Uh, Skyler Perry actually was benched in this game, so a uh, huge shout-out to Prairie View's defense for uh, the performance they put on this past week. Uh, looking forward to this game with Jackson State and Alabama AM. You're talking about the most explosive offense uh, in the conference. They stubbed a the toe a little bit last week against Grambling. they Grambling oh, provide no, a blueprint. He
0: don't
1: try too much. We're going to let All right. you get into it. Hey, I was ready. I was ready. keep the people here. Let's tease them. Let's tease them a little bit. But I feel you because to your point, Jackson State now at least in week five have defeated the number five team and the number 10 team in the poll rankings with the number 10 team losing to Grambling State that has now defeated the number three team. Very interesting when you talk about all these things Mm. going on. It's going to make some fascinating updates. We'll see what that all means. Go Cork. Tell
2: me, what do you think about the top 10 poll rankings? So, yeah, with Alabama AM and losing to Grambling State over the weekend, you know, I knew they were probably going to drop a couple of spots. I uh, I think you probably didn't drop them lower than three primarily because they actually had a chance to win this game with two minutes to go as bad as they played. Aquil Glass actually had a chance to lead the team down the field, but unfortunately the final turnover of the game, which was six total, you know, was the final costly one or whatever with that. So yeah, I can see why you definitely dropped them down there. When I kind of take a look at the rest of the poll, of course, um I knew North Carolina ENT was probably gonna make a good jump, especially with the impressive victory um this past week in a uh, big south play. And then shout-out to Coach Odoms in Norfolk State for yes, getting sir. a big victory uh, against Hampton in overtime. I got a chance to watch a few highlights of that. matter of fact, college football final scoreboard started with um, two highlights of that game, including Carter's touchdown at the end, a la Drew Brees style going over the top to, uh, to win it. So, you know, shout-out to Coach Odoms and also his quarterback, who probably has the best last name in all college football, if you know what I mean. i I got
0: you i got you
2: (laughs) so great point great point i liked it yeah, when you look at the rest of the poll, um, you know, Florida and them making a huge jump after a, a, a pretty dominant performance against Alabama State. I kind of looked at that game a little bit here and there, and I was just really, really surprised how they were able to literally run the ball down the throat of Alabama State. Alabama State's front seven is supposed to be one of the better ones within the swag, and they just made it look easy on a Saturday. Uh, when we come to one and two. Um, yeah, Jackson didn't play and they get to one because Alabama and m falls. But I can also make a case for Purview being number one just because I, I mean, so. they had a very impressive victory against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Charles hit on it a little bit about how Purview's defense, you know, played really, really well and actually caused. UAPB to bench Skylar Perry at one point in time and bring in the backup and eventually brought Perry back in. But it then all of a sudden it's kind of like, okay, we're just going to try something here, there, and everywhere with it. But I got to also give a shout out to coach <laughs> to coach Eric Dooley because we've been knowing coach Dooley to be an offensive mind or whatever. Of course he was the wide receivers coach when I was at Southern university and we knew he was going to do great things. but he was always pass happy. I'm really, really impressed with the fact that how Prairie view is now committing to the running game and going behind those big guys to take a lot of pressure off of Jawan Pass in the passing game. We know Pass can really throw a lot of great passes, but the way they were able to control the line of scrimmage against um, UAPB on that game on Thursday night was very, very impressive. And hey, Prairie View, you know, they, they've got a good stretch coming up, but they could definitely make some noise you know, happening there. But I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later. Number one versus number three between Alabama and m and Jackson State is definitely something to keep an eye out on this upcoming weekend it'll be interesting to see if one team beats the other whether the other team go with that so but i don't want to tease it too, i don't want to talk about it too much because i know you had it on the script later on
1: no,
2: no doubt about it we will get into it in
1: fact we'll get into it in the next hour we'll take this quick break i did want to shout out michael lee says norfolk state a lot of people's making some comments similar what you some of y'all were mentioning the jackson state jump number one but they did not play hey it works out that way and I told you this is the poll ranking you got to also look at what the teams did I told you Jackson State has a win over number five Jackson State has a win over number 10 Prairie View looks very good but their wins in terms of HBCU play not quite as impressive yet they'll get their opportunity. So you got to consider all things there. But I get what the posters say. It is examination week, and you're allowed to make some mistakes because I am the grader, and I will mark it X on the test. Give me your (laughs) poll
3: ranking. This is your exam. Jesse Jesse Bishop, mama said congratulations. Good job, Dr. DeVille. I like it.
1: I love it. We'll go to a break. Dr. DeVille's inside ABC Sports Lab because Miss Bishop will get an A+. Stick with we'll be right back <laughs> after
4: this break. So, so. shop Melvet Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvet Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at com. That's w dot M-E-M V-E-T B-O-U-T-I-Q-U like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique.
0: Another shot.
1: This is Coles Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Coles Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place, on Facebook at the Coles Brown Show and Black College Sports Network Online at www.mybcsn.net
0: and on the bcsn app available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Press 200- the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want to laugh, laugh. So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention. He's gonna teach a lesson.
1: This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We have Mo Carter sitting in for Mike Washington. We're going to get into our mid-major game of the week, starting out with the CIAA. This is a big one. This could be for it all already at midterm. We could get the CIAA South Division representative. We have number six Fayetteville State Broncos, 3-1 and overall, 3-0 and in the conference race. At number eight, Shaw Bears, 3-2, and 2-0, two, two and oh, surprising for some. But they've been in the mix, but they're playing really good. But, yes, this is a top-10 matchup with two of the teams that are expected to win the Southern Division in the way everybody else is doing in the Southern Division. I don't expect anybody giving one of these teams a headache going through it. So whoever wins this has a serious leg up in terms of what comes next. And that was big for Shaw because they got their big victory over Virginia Union. Uh, And so uh, they're showing you uh, impressive. So I'm going to start with you, Mo Carter. Let me know what are your thoughts on this matchup.
2: All right. So when you take a look at this matchup, I mean, basically, you've got, like, players – on both sides of, uh, uh, well, both teams that have won multiple player of the week honors um, within the actual conference itself. I mean, you look at a guy like from Shaw, Devon Hunt, week two, week five, he had player of the week. It looked like a guy from Fayetteville State, Joshua Williams, week two, week four. I mean, you know, playing, you know, playing DV. And the guys I'm talking about, there's some defensive guys. Of course, I play defensive backs. So I'm going to look at the defensive things first and foremost with that. But honestly, when, when you really, really both all into it. I'm actually interested to see how quickly either team can start off um, and really build a lot of momentum in this game. And as you just mentioned, Dr. Cavill, this is a game that definitely could decide a division. And we're only talking about like week five of the season. Like how crazy is that that you could literally have a game this early in the season decided or whatever. So of course, you want to take a look at, you know, the the regular things, who's going to play mistake-free football, who's not going to turn the ball over, who's not going to do those things or whatever. So I think with so much hype in a game like that, those are going to be the interesting um, tidbits that you're going to look at when it comes to Fayetteville State and Shaw on Saturday. Which way are you leaning? Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Shaw, actually. And, nice. I like
1: it. I like
2: it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Shaw, Shaw a little bit, you know, just kind of doing my little research prior to, the, uh, prior to the exam. And on paper, Shaw is definitely looking good. But of course, there's some other things, too, that I kind of look at that I don't want to give away too much because, of course, remember, this is the midterm, so I can't let all the other listeners know what my uh, cheat sheet looks like in this situation, too. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. Charles, what are your thoughts
3: on this matchup? This is a battle of wheels in this game. This is going to be fun. You're talking about Shaw Bears. They're the number one ranked Russian offense in the CIAA, going up against the number one ranked Russian defense in the CIAA. You take a look at Shaw. They're averaging almost 200 yards a game on the ground. Fayetteville State only giving up 51.5 yards uh, per game on the ground. So you talk about a battle of wheels there. Sydney Gibbs, the leading rusher in the CIAA for the Shaw Bears. So this is going to be a very, very uh, interesting matchup just to see who can do what uh, when you take a look at uh, uh, Shaw versus Fayetteville State. But I'm going to lean against – I'm going to lean for uh, Shaw Bears playing at home, running in behind Big and Zachary. You talk about offensive line. They produce 487 yards total offense against Central State. Almost 300 yards on the ground, 299 on the ground. So I'm looking for Shaw to impose their will again. But it's going to be a fun matchup. I, 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 but I'll take the Bears at home.
1: Great points by both of y'all. Looks like both of y'all leaning towards Shaw. Great points would be a surprise to some in terms of Fayetteville pick preseason to get it done. But I like your point. When you talk about the defensive shot That senior linebacker, uh, Devon Hunt has been player of the week twice at the linebacker position is serious. But you do have the quarterback uh, for Fayetteville State, Kyrie Lane, as you talked about, he's uh, serious. But let's get into the S I C. This is number five Lane Dragons we talked about a little bit, so we don't have to go so much detail. But I did want you to think about this matchup. Will it even be competitive, or is Lane going to continue to make the step as they make a march towards that matchup with Miles? They're number five in the poll rankings, top five, four and one, one and zero, oh, but they are on the road at Kentucky State Thoroughbreds, two and three, one and zero. Oh. That is that option that you talk about, Charles, a lot. So I'm gonna stick with you. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup?
3: Million dollar question. Can Kentucky State keep Lane's offense off the field? Can they control uh, Mm. the clock, control time of possession uh, with that uh, triple option attack? Uh, Because we've seen that Lane can score points. They score points in droves. Two quarterbacks, they can get it done, averaging almost 38 points per game. Uh, But I got to go with the Lane Dragons. I, I, I like the way
1: they look on the offensive side of the ball. Got it. Mo, what are your thoughts on this SIC
2: matchup? Yeah, I like the Lane Dragons as well in this one, primarily because they have more balance. And as Charles just mentioned, yeah, you know, they're getting it done with not one, but two quarterbacks. In most cases, you hear that if you don't, you know, if you don't have one quarterback, you don't have a good quarterback situation. But somehow, some way, they're getting it done. And when I'm talking about getting it done, I'm talking about looking at stats and noticing that these guys almost have equal stats or whatever. Like both of them have over 700 yards passing. Passing efficiency is very, very great for both of them. But I think another key factor is just going to be their rushing attack as well. If they can keep the balance with a guy like Ike Brown on uh, the field to kind of get some things going. But as Charles has talked about a lot, the thoroughbreds, they run that vaunted triple option. And I don't care who you are. If you're not a team that's used to playing a team that's running the triple option, it's going to be tough week in Mm. and week out. And I think that's going to be the way that Kentucky state's going to have to play and like, kind of up the ante by literally showing some wrinkles that they're not used to doing or whatever when it comes to running that triple option. So if they can find a way to control the clock and also control the line of scrimmage, keep that Lane defense out there all out there for long stints of periods or whatever, then that's their advantage. If not, they're not going to win a shootout with, uh, with Lane and Lane will probably roll away with that. So it's definitely going to be up to Kentucky State to find a way to control the line of scrimmage and also control that clock.
1: Man, I like the analysis from both of y'all. Boy, I tell you, S I C action. It's getting good. It's midterm. People get a chance to make a statement. We'll see as these grades turn over this weekend. We'll be back next weekend to give you a break. Now. But we got a lot to talk about this week. In fact, stick with us because we're going to get into that action. that you really want it, yeah, we've teased it all show long, but it's time to come back. We're going to give you one more tease with the N I A C, which actually starts conference play this Friday. Uh, with a Morgan State at Howard, and then we're gonna get into the all-everything matchup top three teams. As you have number one on the road, the Jackson State Tigers with Coach Prime, Shador Sanders. The vaunted defense goes up against that vaunted offense. Man, it should be all wanted number three in terms of the quarterback. You know who I'm talking about, all world, everything. It'll be fascinating. But let's take this quick break, and we'll come back on the other side for the last quarter of the show and break down the major division for the MEAC game of the week and the SWAT game of the week. With that, stick with us. We'll be right back after this quick
2: break. Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together we can be the change.
3: Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping Cakes in a Jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting (laughs) sugarchateaudesserts.com.
0: Professor, and that with the hip hop, if you know him like I know him, they gonna tell you if your team if they want to laugh at. So listen to Professor. Yes sir. Yes sir. And pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. This
1: is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Yes, we're into our last quarter. We are gonna tease up as we said, we're gonna give you that Jackson State Alabama and give you some insight our perspective what that looks like. But before we do that, we owe it to the MIAC. We are going to go to Washington D. Green Stadium Friday, Friday Night Lights on the East Coast up there. As you know, in the capital, ESPN 3 is the game. Yeah, Morgan State Bears 0-4 versus Howard Bison 1-4. and 4. Howard got a big win this past weekend. Shout out to the MiAC. They won four out of their six games and were right there of taking five out of the six. Uh, in terms of getting it done. So um, let's get into it. What are your thoughts more on this Morgan State versus at Howard Bison? uh
2: the DMV? Yeah, um, when you really take a look at this, uh, Dr. Kavir, I mean, these are two teams that are definitely trying to fight their way up from, uh, quote, unquote, the seller of the Miag right now. Um, when you also dive into it or whatever, I mean, I'm probably going to take Howard in this one if I can see the Howard team that played the first half against Hampton and because yeah. uh, I mean those guys played lights out they came out firing and they were out going on all cylinders with Hampton until Hampton kind of put it on them in that second half if they don't jump out early then I foresee Morgan State hanging around and then all of a sudden you might get to a situation where it's whoever has the last who has the ball last is probably going to win on that one so yeah momentum swings and this one will probably be the key as far as if Howard can win this one or if Morgan State can pull off what would be considered an upset.
1: I like the point you make there because um, you look at Howard in the last two games, this is exactly what happened. Stuck around, close game. They lost the first one, got their first win of the season last week. Um, so maybe they're rolling a little high, but you're right. up Heckle and jod up and down would be interesting. Let me go to Charles and see what your thoughts are.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, this is going to be a interesting matchup. Uh, Morgan State has played a murderous role type schedule. I mean, they uh tough, tough schedule to start off the season uh 0-4 thus far. But I, I tell you, uh, Coach Tyron Wheeler, his uh, demeanor personality reminds me so much of Vince Dancy in the sweat, Uh those the tough no-nonsense type uh guys. And I really look for this Morgan State team to go in with this hard-nosed running grain and go in and get the win in DC. Uh, you know, and we we've seen Morgan State do this before. They, they can and come up with a, a with a big game on, on national TV. Uh, I'm sure I, my Aggie fans remember uh Morgan State from a couple of years ago. So. sorry about that, man, man. Sorry about that. Sorry about
1: that. Uh, Hi, there, there. <laughs> <out> that <laughs> name, I told you, midterms, you out the pop it? Running back Jarrell Johnson, Morgan State ran for 12 times, 160 yards, including a 44 yard against St. Francis. So to your point, Charles, if you can get him going, it could be interesting. But as Mo Carter says, he's looking at that quarterback play. Quentin Williams threw for 209 yards and three touchdowns as the Bison pick up the first win of the season against Sacred Heart. So interesting matchup. But let's get into what the people really want. We're going to Huntsville. We have the number one team going on the road at number three. Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Jackson State comes in at 3-1, 1-0. Overall, in terms of being 3-1 and 1-0 in the conference with that tough win in Miami over FAMU. And you got Alabama AM, and number three, three and one, one and one in the conference race, win over Bethune Cookman, tough loss this weekend to Grambling State. This is fascinating. This is fun.
2: This, this is fun. Let me go to you, Mo Carter.
1: What are your thoughts on this matchup?
2: Well, this is definitely a matchup we've been talking about for quite some time. If you actually recall, the last few times I've actually been on the show in the past, I've always talked about how this was going to be in October to remember, especially in the SWAC East uh, division. I also said that Alabama A&M's role to repeating as SWAC champions was going to roll through the month of October, um, especially with the matchups of having Jackson State at home, then Florida A&M at home, having a bye week, and then having the Magic City Classic against alabama state now yes the loss against grandma state on saturday it, it was tough for coach connell manor and company i talked to coach manor sat uh not saturday sunday uh, morning for his uh coaches show and you know he said hey we flat out played bad you can't turn the ball over six times and he added technically seven because they got an onside kick as well and win a football game. I mean, you really think about it or whatever, as good as I am in video games either with NCAA 14 or with Madden, I'm not winning a football game where I'm turning over the ball six mm. times. It's just not happening. So as I kind of looked at what was going on with Alabama A&M, um, especially with practice stuff, you can kind of see a team that's kind of refocused on the situation and they also understand too that at this point in time every week for them moving forward is a playoff type atmosphere because they really can't afford to lose another game and control their own destiny in that one. Now, on the other side of things, Coach Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, he's got Jackson State in the number one slot right now, and not only your polls, but I think in a couple other polls and power rankings as well. This is their opportunity to prove that. They are the top team in HBCU uh, land. Now, will it come easy? Absolutely not. I think the key thing you're going to have to kind of look at, though, is that offense of Alabama A&M against the defense of Jackson State. Of course, we know what Alabama A&M can do with a quill Glass and all of his weapons on that offensive side of the ball, which includes guys like D. Anderson, who leads the swag in touchdowns, Gary Crawls on a rushing attack, Xavieron um, Moore, Do Ty Ibrahim. What are they going to do, though, when it comes to going up against the likes of Keontae Hampton, Aubrey Miller, Nugget, those guys on a defensive front? I really, really think it's going to be – it's going to really, really come down to that offense against defense and then who makes – the least amount of mistakes and i'll say this since i cover alabama a and honestly key game plan this week protect the football they protect the football and score <laughs> points it's going to be tough for jackson state to do the same things but at the same time too Jackson state's got to protect the football and they have to score points as well and also i'm gonna go ahead and get with this and then charles i'll throw it over to you um cool. of course you could almost expect a sellout this upcoming week in Huntsville on the Hill. Um, a lot of Jack State buses are making their way over here. I've heard Sonic Booms <laughs> making their way over, and this could probably be the biggest crowd in Huntsville for a HBCU game since 1998, which was the transitional year for Alabama a and when they took on Southern as their, quote-unquote, first SWAC opponent that year. And there are pictures in the press box that show people everywhere or whatever. So I expect the attendance to be somewhere in that situation come Saturday. Oh, I love it. Great points made by you. Mo,
1: since you cover alabama AM, and i A&M, I'm not going to do that to you. I won't ask you to pick a team. Same with you, Charles, in terms of you covering Jackson State. But I want to give you a chance to tell me what should our fans look for in this matchup? Uh,
3: you know, I go back to celebration one. Rod Broadway made a statement. Uh, he said, all we do is make chicken. And he said the first thing is you stop the run. And that is going to be huge, I think, for Jackson State in terms of stopping Gary Qualls. We know Aquil Glass, he can uh, toss the ball around all over the place. But it makes Alabama A&M so much tougher to stop when they get that running game up and going as well. So uh, first things first, you got to be able to stop the run of Alabama A&M. And then those pass rushers, James Houston, you leave. He leads FCS in, in sacks, six and a half sacks, and now it's Gaddy. Uh, they can uh, they can really crash the pocket, and then you get that that push up the middle with junior Miller, of those guys. Uh, they really come after the quarterback. Very interestingly enough, though, Jackson State has yet to really turn uh, teams over quite, uh, a lot. They 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 got some fumbles thus far on the season, but not too many interceptions. So can they create some turnovers and get some easy scoring opportunities for the Jackson State offense? Rally of the situation is Jackson State is three and one. And they have no running game thus far. Uh, They have to get that running game up and going this weekend. Uh, You take a look. I I understand that some – there might be some personnel changes uh, along the way to to, to really uh, get that uh, running game up and going. But it, it would be interesting to see, can Jackson State actually get the running game up and going and not put so much pressure on Shajor Sanders to make plays. He is a phenomenal quarterback, probably the most mature freshman quarterback that I've ever seen. But uh, you're you're talking about, uh, really, uh, over the past couple of weeks, he's really gotten hit pretty 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 good uh, in terms of uh, getting mm-hmm. ahead of U.L. Monroe. And then Delta State was able to get home as well. So they're going to have to take some of that pressure off of him uh, to get this uh, victory for Jackson State. But I tell you this, Jackson State has had two weeks off or or a week off, I should say, a bye week. They've had an opportunity to get healthy. Dennis Thurman with two weeks to prepare for a team, I like Jackson State's chances with that defense.
1: Great point when you're talking about that extra week to prepare and really break down schematics. We've seen some really good coaches in the league. When they get that extra week prepared, they tend to really find a way Uh, To make a difference, but it's fascinating. I'm gonna stick with you, Charles. If I had to ask you one or two things, you can go up to three. What does Jackson State have to do to win this game?
3: Uh, Number one, protect the football, and and I I think what would help is is winning time possession. You have to get that running game up and going. It makes Jackson State's offense so much more fluid. Uh, when they are able to actually run the ball a little bit, then you can take some shots downfield with a little bit of play action. Uh, and like I said, you have to be able to protect your door sanders. So I think those will be some huge things going into this game uh, for Jackson
1: State. Same question for you, Mo, but on the Alabama AM side. What are the one, two, up to three things that Alabama AM must do to come out victorious in this matchup?
2: Well, they've got to protect the football. There's no way in the world they could play like they played last week and even have a chance to be in this game. I know last last week – we got down to two minutes in the game, and Alabama a and actually still had a chance to win the contest until a quill glasses pass got batted and intercepted for the final time. So, yeah, they have to protect the football, and they also have to find a way to protect a quill glass against that Jackson state bonnet defense. We've seen those guys rush up the field for Jackson State all season long and cause terror on opposing quarterback. So a offensive line has to protect and give glass time. You give glass time, he will find a way to pick. You apart. Perfect example was what happened in the spring. Yes, I know the Jack State's defense was different in the spring than what it is now. But you saw what happened when he didn't have pressure in front of him. He's able to pick people apart and account for six touchdowns. Um, when you look at it, another thing too, I got to say this: Alabama AM and has to find a way to establish the run. Gary Quarles is the SWAC's leading rusher. He has had big games in the first three games of the season, but against Grambling State. He didn't have too much success. He actually got nicked up late in the second quarter or whatever. And all of a sudden, AM was behind the eight ball, and Glass had to throw it for like 62 times you're not going to win that many games or whatever in that situation if you're throwing the ball 62 times. So they have to find some way to kind of have a balance. And, of course, their defense has to find – Alabama a and defense has to find a way to get some pressure on Shadur Sanders and also find a way to kind of keep them one-dimensional dimensional in, in that situation. Other key thing I'm going to go ahead and say, Dr. Gaville, field position will be huge in this game. And the reason why I say that, okay, all of Grambling State's touchdowns last week, minus the scooping score, came on possessions that started on Alabama A and side of the field. They cannot give up Ooh. the um, the field position against Jackson State and give Coach Sanders and Shadour a lot of uh, great opportunities to go you know, 40 yards to a score, 50 yards or whatever to the score. That's what Gramlin took advantage of last week that I don't think a lot of people are really, really kind of taking a look at or whatever. They see the turnovers, but they don't realize what starting field position was on that. So I would definitely say protect the football, protect glass, and field position are going to be big things along with the rushing attack. So i got to give you four on that one. No problem. I like it. A
1: little bonus time for you, Charles. We'll save this because we see you on Thursday. We got the HBCU Classic major matchup with Texas Southern 0-3, uh, 0-1. They did get the victory. They didn't count in the standings versus Southern Jaguars 2-2, 1-0 in an Arlington football classic. Mo, I would not be fair to you, Fed and give you a chance to kind of look at this and break this down before we close out the show.
2: Yes, absolutely. Of course, you know, Southern is coming off of a bye week. They had an impressive victory on the road against Mississippi Valley, in which they named their QB one and Glendon Bubba McDaniel. And I mean, he has more of a great touch with the offense as far as keeping things balanced. But I did like the idea that they did say that um, Skelton will have. Some wrinkles within the offense, maybe like a Taysom Hill type situation for the Saints. So I think that's going to be a good thing moving forward or whatever with that. Now, also, I will say this I hope my Jaguars, the alma mater that I graduated from, I hope they do not overlook a Texas Southern squad who put up a lot of offensive numbers against Rice and they had an impressive victory last week against North American University. Never heard of that school, but at the same time, the victory was impressive for them to kind of build some momentum with that. So it'll be an interesting matchup come on this Saturday in Arlington. And I know for sure our alumni bases that are in Fort Worth, Dallas, and also in the North Dallas area, including our national alumni, President Laquita Thomas, I know they're all going to be out there trying to, you know, root for the Jags, to get them to get another victory on that one in the showdown out there in Arlington. Appreciate that, Mo. Appreciate you, Charles.
0: Great
1: information. Did you want to share
3: something? Yeah, I, I think I just follow up on what Mo was saying with a uh, Southern and, and Texas Southern. Uh, that was a, a a shot in the arm, I think, last week for Texas Southern in terms of of just tasting victory. Uh, but uh, with Andrew Body, uh, it gives them a different look, and they have one of the top receivers in the conference in Keelan Davis. So uh, I think Connell May have touched on something this past week because uh, he felt Alabama AM and kind of overlooked Gramlin a little bit uh, in terms of preparing themselves for. Uh, Jackson State. The same thing you have to be careful with with Southern in, in terms of looking ahead to a team like Prairie uh, to not overlook Texas Southern because Texas Southern, they can move the ball up and down the field.
1: Great points by both of you all. All show long. Thank you for listening inside HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Bill, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Coming in today was Mo Carter. Fox 54 Sports, getting it for us real in terms of making sure that we have it inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Again, we thank you for listening to Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock. We'll be back at 6 on Thursday. So at our regular time, we look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Don't forget on Sunday at 9, we'll be right back at it to show you what happened on Saturday and talk about what we are all anticipating now, and what Mo Carter and Charles Bishop told you to look for, we'll tell you what actually happened. Follow me, Dr. Yattacavil, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. That's Inside HBC Sports Lab One on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you tell all your friends, share, 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 and subscribe. Get the information out there. We appreciate all the Lab fanatics. I think I must say, overall, as a class, in terms of your first test on Tuesday, you did really well in terms of your exam I need you to study, because we're going to do it again for the next class on Thursday. Dream big. We'll continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Mo, we're going to test you and see you know the exit.
2: <laughs> yes, sir. Of course. Oh,
1: look at that. Charles. Lecture.
2: Dismiss even more coffee.